Groovaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. What is going on, everybody? Ben here. Quick message. This podcast episode with Kara Fink is a ton of fun. You'll hear her play live mid-episode. She's really great. And um, two things to know. One, starting a new job, but in turn, I'm actually really tired. And I don't know if I sound tired or low energy or if I'm just uh, judging myself on this one, but that's something to know. And second... If you saw the Facebook Live, ultimately we had some internet connectivity issues. The first little bit um, was choppy, didn't really work, didn't come out correct. So ultimately, I edited that part out. Uh, So you kind of get mid-conversation. You might notice a little bit of a mess up or a difference or a little less cohesion as we'd like. But we did the best we could. Kara ultimately fixed on her and what was going on and we got to hear her play and everything went great and there's no issues at all. I just wanted to address that uh, part of the podcast is chopped out because of those technical issues but without further ado, it's a great conversation, fun episode. Here's me and Kara Finn. Welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and we are live, we're on Facebook, we're streaming. I'm here with the great Kara Fink. How are we doing today, Kara? How's the day been treating you? How's the quarantine? (laughs) This has been an especially good day, I would say. Um, quarantine, I, I am an essential worker, or I was just an essential worker, so I haven't been quarantined. Gotcha. So you've been you've been honestly the one helping everybody and, and trucking along. How, <laughs> how has that been? Um, it was. I, I mean, I think on all, everybody has been stressed. Workers have been stressed, but then those who have also been stressed, those who are working from home are stressed. So uh, now I'm we're much more settled into a routine. And uh, um, I'm actually not at the job that I was at during the beginning of COVID. But yeah, when I was at the beginning, when everybody was when everybody was working from home or quarantined, I was I was working at a bank. So I was there. Hey, we we still got to get it done. And it's. The, the virus is shooken up the lives of everyone. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to want to hear about your experience in the past few months and um, what what you have going on going forward. I kind of want to introduce, you know, 
So Kara, I don't know her that well, but where I first actually saw you was you would pop up on my Instagram feed. I follow some Rochester hashtags like Rochester Music, Rochester, New York, things like that. And you would right. pop up all the time. You seem like you're constantly writing songs, putting out content. Um, then I also saw you play uh, over on Amanda Ashley's show, mm -hmm. Afternoon Cocktail. She was just on this show as well. Um, so yeah, Kara's a very talented musician here in the Rochester area. You clearly do a lot of the songwriting yourself. Are you what what got you into songwriting and what inspired you to start writing songs? Well, originally the first person to really inspire me to do music in general was Avril Lavigne when I was 8 years old. Uh, but this one is all this one's kind of embarrassing. The reason why I started doing music or uh, starting writing music, um, I didn't start writing until I was maybe 13. Um, it was because I watched Hannah Montana and I saw an episode where she just casually pulled out her guitar and started singing a song that she wrote, and I wanted to do that. Yeah, she she was the original rock star back in the day, right? <laughs> back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, what are some of the musicians that you look up to nowadays that really inspire the, the direction you've went? So, okay, Joni Mitchell, for sure. Um, I've been really into, uh, she's kind of an upcoming, a, a newer artist. Her name is Lizzie McAlpine. She's very, that she's <laughs> that bedroom folk style musician. Um, and that's kind of where I got the influence for that first song I did, Fluorescent Lights. It was a very Lizzie McAlpine inspired song. Um, I'm also listening to a lot of like uh, Becca Stevens. She's pretty niche. Um, who else? This is, uh, this is always a trick question for me. <laughs> Mara is a good one. Um, she's also in that sort of like jazz influence, but not jazz. She's like songwriter meets jazz chords. Um, and actually, I'll always say this. There's a this she's act. This is actually a Christian artist, but Stephanie Gretzinger is somebody that I've always I've always loved the soul of her music. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, I don't know all those artists, and I like that because I make a little list and I check everybody out. Um, I like to ask this question. It's not a trick question. It's more just getting down to the grit of inspirational music that inspired you. Like if, if you could take an album or two, and let's say I had never listened to music before, you were to give me my first album, maybe as a kid, what, what would you hand off and, and why do you think it's so inspirational? Oh, that's so, um, that's, good. that's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of a cliche for saying this, but in my world, um, oh my gosh, what is the what is the album called? It's the Jacob Collier's first album. I think it's in my room. Mm. Um, it's very, it's very heady. It's very heady music because he is like one of the smartest, most intellectual musicians in the world right now. Um, he's my age. He's got all types of awards. Um, but the, the, his first album is, has that 
intellectual musicianship, but it's also got such a sweet sincerity to it, and it's very raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's that's powerful. In, in your music, do you find that you lean towards intellectual concepts or themes or a little bit of the compositional theory background? Or do you find that it's easy to fall into that raw place that everyone obviously dies for to be able to harness that rawness but still bring in the the compositional elements? Uh, what's that struggle like? So it depends on the phase of my life. Mm. Three years ago was when I got reintroduced to the music scene and I went music elitist and was only listening. I was such, I was a jazz snob and I don't even play jazz. So <laughs> in that phase of my life, it was like, how complicated can I make this music and still make it palatable for the average listener? And then it, it's been a kind of like a humbling process the past three years, first accepting that I'm not a jazz musician because that was a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, but then also realizing that simple doesn't mean bad, but complicated doesn't always mean good, Right. but that doesn't mean it's always bad either. So it's been finding this um, more recently I've gotten into back into like the more simplistic singer songwriters, maybe like fairly diatonic, um, easy to listen to, but I've been listening more for the cra- like well-crafted melodies and well-crafted lyrics. So that's what's most important to me, period, is how well-crafted are the melodies and how well-crafted are the lyrics. And then if the, the chord changes are complex, if the time signatures, if the meter is, is um, complex, and it still works and it's still easy to listen to, then cool. But it doesn't, that's not what makes it good. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand, especially when you first start. Um, I know in high school, for example, the crazier the guitar player, the more I liked them for no reason other than the fact that they could do everything I couldn't do. But right. there's there's a power in being able to write a song that just sits well and just rings and the melody is you're humming it by the end. And that's a completely different skill that if you can bring them both together, that that's huge. Yeah. Agreed. How's it, how's it look like when you're writing a song? Let's say, you know, someone were to see your songwriting process for an hour or two on any given session where do you start and you know are you listening to tunes and mimicking them are you humming it in your head first how does that process look like is is are you writing the composition out my songwriting process is i i'm almost embarrassed to admit how unorganized it is (laughs) so more recently um well, at least while I was at my last job, my day job was a nine to five job. It was very scrambled because I do everything in the morning before work because I'm a morning person. So I'll have to find that time, like that 10 minutes that I can write every morning. So that might mean I write like for like a couple minutes a day. So I write like maybe a verse and then I might scratch it. Um, and my writing process is, is usually I I, I write the melodies and the lyrics all together. Um, 
I think probably the chord changes come first, but it's all kind of, I try to do it all together as much together as I can. Cause I find that for my, my own personal process, that sounds the most organic that creates the most organic nice. melodies. Yeah. And you say you're unorganized, but you must be doing something right. Cause you're writing great songs and you also teach music as well. I, you, you had mentioned beforehand that you're new there, but you're one of the, the teachers at Camp Rockstar. Tell me a little bit about Camp Rockstar and some of the education and experience that kind of brought you into that role. Yeah, Camp Rockstar, I always thought it's just, I've heard of it before and I knew a little bit about it and I knew some of that. And I, they do an actual summer camp. That was how it started. It was a summer camp, I believe. Um, and I was like a guest musician at that for a couple of years. I just played a set for the campers. Um, but what I always thought was so unique and amazing about Camp Rockstar was um, that it didn't, it taught students, it taught students music, it teaches students music, but it also teaches them how to gig and how to be a performer. And a little bit of like, it gives them the hands-on experience of they, they'll book a venue like somewhere like Lovin' Cup or um, any of the local music venues and they'll teach these the students how to use the microphone, how to be on a stage, get them that experience. And it's not just like, it's different than doing music in your high school where you're, where you're, you've got a band, a wind ensemble concert where you're one of many, which is, which is also great, but it's not always whatever. It's not the only music outlet, but it's the only music outlet a lot of teenagers have experience with. So that's why I thought, I think Camp Rockstar is really unique and it's really special yeah, they're teaching business. They're teaching the whole experience. And and you have a background in teaching music. What are some of the other things you've done in the, the past? I have a very informal background in teaching music. Um, so I've taught some scattered lessons here and there at another uh, music school in the area, but it was never as I never took on too many students at once. It was maybe one or two at a time. And before that, I did very informal teaching because I was a I was actually a music director at a church a few years back. And whenever I wanted singers, sometimes I would just take them aside and give them voice lessons just because I wanted the product to sound good. Um, so in terms of education act background, it's not that expansive. Um but I have a lot of music background and the few times that I had educated before before Camp Rockstar, I found like I had a I had a lot to offer, but I didn't know that until I went to offer it. That's cool. And uh, so you were the director at the church. Um I'm interested in that because I I've never been um I'm actually Jewish, but I've never been like really involved in music programs in temple or church. What's the culture like there? Like some of the most beautiful bands come out of the church, right? Mm -hmm. And ensembles and everything. So it depends. It just depends which church you go to. I was part of the contemporary church, but that even that can mean a lot of different things. Um, I happen to be at a sort of smaller church where, and this was actually just, this was during that like five year gap when I wasn't on the music scene, I was doing this instead. Um, 
so we were in it's contemporary worship music so the actual melodies and the the genre of the music isn't like a a hymn it's not with organ it's like a band um like electric guitar drum set depending on the church and who is what musicians you have available um but the music is very similar to like it's it's kind of like a pop pop melodies pop chord progressions that that sort of simple but sweet melodies um so that was the genre of music that that we were doing um and in the contemporary church oh man it, it depends on where i was at it was a much simpler smaller setup but there are a lot of contemporary churches that i have these beautiful sanctuaries that are basically they're like auditoriums they've <laughs> got the light show they've got full bands they've got several electric guitar players and uh the yeah the big like the works the production oh my goodness some of the some of the production that i've seen at churches has far surpassed some of the music venues that i've been to uh, but that wasn't where I was at. That's where the, I have guests led it. I have guest. I've been a guest uh, musician at churches like that, but that wasn't my home church. Sure, I, I've been to, for example, Browncroft Community Church, and it's like a, it's literally like going to a concert when you're there. It's wild. Um, right. What are some of the the favorite your, you know, your favorite venues that? you've either played at or it's almost like a dream venue that you'd love to play in one day um well you mentioned browncroft that was one of them i did i did sing there once and it was it was pretty awesome but as far as like public venues um some of my favorite venues are those more intimate spaces like i ne never actually played here but like for example small world books it's this very sweet setup. It's in a bookstore. It's you got your you got your tea lights, um, and it's very intimate. Places like what was it? Vineyard Community Space was another another one like that. It was in like a house church. Um, very it was pretty small room, so it's like a, a tight space with like a few people in the crowd. And I, I've always ended up liking those performances the best. Yeah, absolutely. The the intimate feel. Um, right. It's quiet. Everyone's listening. Right. Exactly. Um, not too much amplification. What about what about like a dream venue? Like if you could play anywhere in the world, even if you don't know the venue, is there anywhere you would want to travel to and just play out on the beach or anything like that? That's a. Really good question. I would like to play more New York venues, but I, that's that's such an open answer. <laughs> yeah, like New York City? Or? Yeah, New York City. I don't know New York well enough to name which venues I'd like to play at, though. Just about any of them when you're in the, the city. I've only been there a few times, but last time I went was a little over a year ago. And we went early in the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And every day of the week, there was music. It was mm -hmm. Tuesday night, and it was like just yeah. an open mic with local musicians. Right. And everyone was way beyond good. 
especially to be playing at a Tuesday night without pay. It was just everybody there was so talented and so dedicated. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. And I think I don't see myself as a massive crowd type performer. I used to kind of aspire to that, but as I've gotten to know myself better, I really do better with the intimate crowds. It's not just about stage fright, but I just feel like that's better suited to my music. So my dream venues are really just getting the chance to explore um, like those, those smaller, those smaller setups in other cities. So like I'll do like a, like a cafe style tour. Yeah. And it's a great way to get the word out and sign CDs and sell CDs and meet people and travel. Has there been any venues like that, that you remember from your childhood or your teenage or recent years that you sat down and you're like, wow, this is the spot. Anyone that stuck out to you? Not, not that I can remember. Because I also uh, haven't gone. It wasn't until more in this past like three or four years that I really ventured out and start going to gigs and shows. So I don't have that much experience even witnessing live music. Reasonable, yeah. It's it's. I come from a weird place because. I went through years where I was just binging on it. I was at every show I could go to, but it was mostly Rochester. So there's countless places that I've never been that I can only aspire to been because I've just been stuck in Rochester. What, what inspired you to kind of double down and do more with music and and start these bands and, and start recording these new songs and building an Instagram presence and was it just missing or what, why'd you decide to, to start after a little bit of a hiatus? So what actually happened was, I don't know how familiar with this you are. The Levin cup, that's a local venue. Mm-hmm. Um, they do every year they do a singing competition. It's called the voice. Um, it's kind of like the choice, but they call it the voice and there was this was while I was still directing in a church, and one of the girls, one of the teenage girls on my my team, um, she wanted to go audition, and she was really nervous, so she asked me to go audition with her. So I did, and then I made it, and then I made it to um, top three in that competition. So that was it. Was just that experience, that like that fluke experience, that reminded me that. I really like performing and I miss doing this. And it's got to be validating that you jump into it and people love it, right? (laughs) That was exactly it because I sort of stepped off that scene when I was 18, 19. I was 18 years old and my voice wasn't even fully developed. I never had confidence in my singing. Um, So... I sort of stepped off thinking like, you know, I'm not the best singer anyway, so I probably won't do well in this field. And then just stuck to church music, which it's not just like a, that wasn't just like a second choice. That's just what happened. Um, so my first experience out in the public world singing, and I made it to the top three was in 
incredibly <laughs> validating and I never expected that. No, that's a that's amazing. Why why do you feel not good enough for anything like that? Have you just always been nervous about performing live or I mean, you obviously do have a great voice and um, all the feedback says you do. So why why the insecurities? I think I took it took me a long time to actually develop my voice. And it wasn't that it was bad in high school. Mm -hmm. It was just underdeveloped. And I had such a bad tendency to compare myself. I was in musical theater, which is very competitive by nature. Only one person gets the role. <laughs> um, but I was also, I was at a high school, but I was dating somebody from another high school who was in music theater and his high school program was phenomenal. And they had all these people that went on to do, to go on to Broadway and were performing um, professionally just because of what their program had to offer and what training they could, they could offer. So I was constantly comparing myself to people from his school, what, who was coming out of that program. And even him, I was comparing myself to, to him and saying like, Oh, in this relationship, I'm just the girlfriend and he's the performer. So that's where a lot of was. And it was never, it was never truth. It was just how I, I was a teenager. That's how I perceived it. I'm also human. So it's easy to compare yourself. It's, it's crazy how we find ourselves comparing to one another so easily and so often. And I'm starting to find more than ever that there's always someone who's way, 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 way better than me. I can't even think of one thing. I'm being honest, I can't think of one thing that I'm the best at. I can think of three people better at better than me at every one of these things. And I start to realize, okay, I need to use this as inspiration. And maybe I'm not best at this, but if I bring this into the mix and this into the mix and this into the mix, I might not be the best at any of it. But if I have my own unique perspective you'll build your tribe that way. But it's so hard not to compare yourself looking at the endless amount of great, you know, amazing, talented people out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the that's the funny thing. I joke about this, uh, about being a musician all the time. It's like you find that musician that you finally like love listening to. You want to binge their music, but then you also feel disgusting afterwards because <laughs> you're like... I'm never going to be that good. But it's also, a, it's a good thing as long as you don't have the the mentality that's going to crush you um, because it's inspirational. But then I've always, I've always had to remind myself that I don't have to be that person to be inspired by that person. Yeah. No, 100%. And, you know, that person fell on their face who knows how many times. And everyone's different. You got to look at balance. For all we know, they, they do 70 hours a week to get to where they're going. And right. I, I might only have 40 in me, or maybe I want to take <laughs> 30 and do it uh, doing something else, you know? Right. It, it's, it's, it's tough when you see the outside view yeah. of their accomplishments and not realize what, what you have to sacrifice to get there, right? Yeah. That's exactly it.
we're all loving we're learning um i think you're doing an awesome job with your music no one's perfect um i i think everybody wants to hear another song if, if you got something prepared for us yeah so this is my most recent song it's called lovely i'm gonna throw some reverb on No one ever told me independence is a lie No one ever taught me And it's been a long, long time Since I learned the word myself We say we cherish love, we cherish neighbors we cherish those who differ from ourselves But what happens when they tell us they don't think the things we think? Well, it's all well and it's all lovely Until it's hard to love, then it's a lie taught us how to disagree with grace we never learned how to talk about things that hurt about the things that matter how we could be a safe space we talk about grace enough talk about listening talk about love we talk we talk about a lot of things but what happens when they start to talk and we are not listening will we ever learn to hear or will their words just disappear under our lies what have we done to learn lately what have we done to leave an open mind Hard most of the time. Well, it's all well and it's all lovely until it's hard to love. We always lie. I fear that no one tells us. When they cut us out for good And what's the point of discourse If it was never just To be heard and understood But what happens when I tell you I don't think the things you think Will you tell me that you love me and then cut me out for good Cause it's a lie
You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show. I am happy, referencing earlier, I'm happy we got the internet situation squared away because that made that all perfect. We've been A-OK for a while now. Oh, good. Um, It sounds great. Anything you want to say about that song? Obviously, it's very personal. Um, It's personal and it's impersonal. I, I think it's about it's about everything right that's happening in a world right now. All of our um, mostly in this country, just all of the emotions spewing up, and um, and it's not on a it's not targeted at any one side or any one person. It's even targeted at my own self. It's it's just this. Um, I think we're all craving we're all needing to be heard by one another. And sometimes we, we, we need that so deeply, we, but we forget that we also have to hear in order to be heard. So that's sort of what this is about. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. We, we're all thriving and striving for that to be heard. Um, where, where does inspiration for, songs like that in your songwriting generally come from um do you have a process behind it or something that you seem to go to when you're writing songs yeah i used to write more abstract like things that i was sort of detached like my topics were things that i could be detached from like fiction or those those songs tend to be like the the topics tend to be a lot simpler and less deep but usually nowadays when i'm writing it's things that i've been feeling and processing a lot and sometimes i find that harder topics are just a lot easier to say when put to music (laughs) so more often than not my songs that have heavy topics are things that heavy topics or maybe whiny topics uh my first song was kind of a whiny topic, but I can talk more about that later. Um, yeah, my heavier topics tend to be things that I really want to say, but I'm not sure how to say it, how to get the point across. And if I have a whole song dedicated to it, you've at least got three minutes to listen to what I have to say. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, all three songs you've played today have been great. That first track, um, let's talk a little bit about it. I want to shout out for the people watching right now on Facebook. You ultimately can go back and watch the live video. Everyone got a private performance today. For anyone who's listening to the audio afterwards, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know, you follow Rochester Groovecast on any of these platforms, you really want to do come on to these live Facebook lives. You you want to be part of that inner circle. You want to see it happen live because you get the private performances. Uh, you get the sound errors. You get the whole experience of doing something like this, filming a podcast remote in a crazy situation of COVID. So thank you to everybody who's watching 
on Facebook. And anyone who's listening afterwards, hop on the Facebook Lives, check it out, check out the private performances. Because uh, you started with that track. Well, you you brought it up. Let's talk a little bit about the first song you played. So that one's actually, I'm in the process of recording that right now, which is awesome. why I wanted to reference it. Um, but that particular topic was such a, it was more of a, it was so whiny when I wrote it. So that what's, song what's is the about, song? it's called Fluorescent Lights. The song is about, um, I have never wanted to work a nine to five job in my life. And I have spent my entire life dreading the first summer that I work a nine to five job. And that was this summer. Um, I'm not there anymore, but I was once summer started and that was a very anxious feeling. So basically the whole song was, but I don't like fluorescent lighting, which is why it's called fluorescent lights. Um, but the base, basically the whole song is just complaining about not wanting to go to work and wanting to be outside. But that's a lot easier to say when there's a song to go with it than just saying it out loud. Yeah. You just write that out as poetry or post it as a status and everyone exactly. just thinks they're, you're, they're to be concerned or something like that. Yeah, uh, It's great. And so you're recording a new album. What's in the works going forward? So that I'm working on an EP right now. It's been a long time coming. I have recorded with a lot of different uh, producers, engineers, um, but just never found the right person. And one of my best friends is actually a phenomenal producer, and we we finally decided to work together. Um, so I've got it's probably going to be it's probably going to be four or five tracks. Um, so fluorescent lights is the first one that we've recorded so far. So that's what that that one is in um, the works right now. Um, and then I I haven't decided which songs are going to be on it. Probably the one that I just played that it's called Lovely. That one's also probably going to make its way onto there. Cool. We look forward to it. How how do people keep in touch and, you know, stay prepared for these new releases or watch any of the, you know, small incomplete songs that you ultimately test on social media and stuff like that? Well, social media. Yes, my um well, I have a Facebook page. It's Kara Fink, K A R A Fink, F I N K Music. Um, so that's on Facebook. I I put a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, that's both music and just my life. So that's Kara, K-A-R-A underscore T-H-O. So it's Kara, though, is my, what do you call it, handle? Okay, yeah. Kara undersc underscore T-H-O. Yeah. Got it. For some reason, I can't say the word underscore. Uh, long day, <laughs> long day. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Um, so Facebook, Instagram, Kara underscore though. Yeah. I, I do have a website as well. Um, so that's karafinkmusic.com. Easy as that. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, everyone listening already knows this, but the best thing you can do is support local musicians, give them feedback, uh, come to their shows, go to the streams, listen to the album when it comes out. I think everybody at the core does things for the creative joy, but externally 
we all need some validation. We want to see that what we're doing matters. So if you can keep in touch and ultimately support, that's a great thing to do. Um, there's a question I ask every guest, and there's no wrong answers, but ultimately it's a billboard question. And if you had the ability to control a billboard on the side of the road, so a large billboard, very busy, we'll say it's New York City because you're doing a bunch of small coffee shops and cool venues there, and you're controlling a billboard that all walks of life are going to see. Young, old, children, adults, all races, all genders, all religions, and ultimately, you almost have a burden, but an opportunity to control that billboard. What message or photo or meme, anything would you put on that? And, and why would you choose what you choose? Oh, I've been kind of dreading this question all day. I, I got I got this question earlier this morning and I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> it was, I don't know, a year ago, this would have been so much easier to answer. But right now, the phase of life that I'm in, I'm like, I just want to hear less voices because there are so mm. many voices coming from every angle. So if I had a billboard, it would probably either just say something like, take a second to breathe, turn off your phone, or it would just be blank because I just don't want to be another voice. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, I'm pretty sure Vermont for sure, they actually banned billboards entirely. Nice. You wow. cannot find, granted, we're talking beautiful large mountains. They're like, we're, we're not having billboards. Yeah in this state it's right. just not something we do so I, I appreciate the heck out of that as well too not having anything to say just let's just tear it down and and have things clean um yeah because we there's advertisements everywhere isn't there it's it's everywhere we go <laughs> can't avoid it oh well cool um obviously everybody Check out everything Kara Fing's doing. She played a little bit of music here, um, but I first saw her on Instagram by chance. Um, puts out a lot of, you know, I'm trying to remember. Do you, do you put out full songs, like full videos, or are they more I've little done, snippets? I've done one full video on Instagram. I'll probably do more, but they're more like the chorus. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, and those are great. Um, you have Kara underscore though, practicing underscore, I'm nailing it now. <laughs> Kara underscore though on Instagram. Um, check her out, Kara Fink Music on Facebook. Um, KaraFink.com, did you say? Um, KaraFinkMusic.com. KaraFinkMusic.com. Uh, do, do you have a timetable on the album? Do you know when people should expect it? Oh, man, I wish I did. I feel like I've answer this so many different ways because um, we're doing it we're doing it very slow we're working it through as slow as possible just because i've made the mistake before of getting really excited finding a, a producer that doesn't work for me recording the full thing and then never releasing it because i really didn't they didn't see they didn't have my vision so right now taking it song by song i'm doing i'm still in my first song so i want to see how that turns out and then we'll move forward from there. But I would, this is an estimate, 
um, nothing set in stone, but I would guess perhaps early next year, maybe next spring. Good, cool. No, I, I know artists and musicians and someone I follow, he's got a podcast. He, he's been promoting his book for over a year, taking pre-sales and his fans are starting to be like, we want it now. But it's like, <laughs> no, just trust the process. Mm-hmm. We got it coming. At the end of the day, you don't want to release something. I do believe that you sometimes you don't want to get too bogged down where um, someone's afraid to release something whatsoever. But you also don't want to just throw something out and just content, content, content. I'm just going to release this even if it's not ready. I think there's something special to be said about trying to create a gem and trying to create something that uh, you're – super proud of you know and that that everyone's really gonna love yep well cool i appreciate you coming and chatting with me Uh, we had some freaking technical errors i might have to edit some things out but i think overall this has been super fun um would love to do it again and I, i appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit about kara fink music to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.